Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week here on Loon Talk with myself, Jonathan Harrison, and Dan Terra. We are the radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches. You can hear this podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. Also, if you want to watch us talk soccer for some reason, you can go over to the Score North YouTube channel to see our lovely faces in our lovely offices. Dan Terrar, how are you doing, sir? Excellent. Hope you had a good weekend. Mine was outstanding. Got away mm-hmm. for a little bit, so there just go. got back into town now. So let's let's uh, get back into uh, get back into soccer mode. Let's do it. Let's jump right in. Uh, Minnesota United getting a two nil win over the Houston Dynamo, and it wasn't just any two nil win. I I dare to say it was a very dominant two nil win. Yeah, as, as dominant as you know, as dominant as two nil can be. Um, yeah, it was. We we talked about it after in the post game show that it felt like one of their more complete, you know, games of the season. And there haven't been a lot of those. Um, we've had they've had some really good halves before uh, previous to this one, but this was one definitely one of the best uh, from from start to finish. Absolutely. Uh, it now makes it just one loss in the last thirteen matches for Minnesota as they continue to climb back and fight back from that zero and four start to start the season. Uh, Minnesota. I, I would say they are back in the thick of this race, though, if you're looking at power ranking standings, because I just want to jump here right mm-hmm. away because MLSsoccer.com, so Major League Soccer, Soccer.com, you know, the ever so well-worded title of that site, uh, gave them a the old win and a drop a spot. So now they're down to 11th on the league's website, whereas ESPN, when they started the season, they were mm-hmm. down after that first loss. They were the last place team. Well... Now they're all the I way. Remember to, that. I remember now they're all that. the way up to silly. third place in the ESPN power ranking. So if we're gonna take any, I don't know, if we're gonna take any of these power rankings with a grain of salt, don't. We probably should yeah. ignore them. Yeah, ignore them. All they are is all they are is someone or some group of people's opinions. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything in reality or what's on the pitch. Because I, I usually don't look at those either. You know how I feel about that stuff. Yep. I don't look at them either, but. I did look at it this week, just actually just uh, yesterday. Last night I looked at it, and I'm scrolling down going, okay, there's number one, there's number two. I got, was it, uh, this is the MLS one. Yeah. I got to number three. Was it Colorado at three? Uh, I can't remember where they had them. I think they had they were like four or five. Yeah. Or five, maybe five. But nonetheless, I went, really? Yeah. Okay, let's go I mean, with Colorado that, are man. decent, but I yeah, can't imagine that they're that high up in the standings, but. Whatever. So anyway, yeah, the, the power rankings. rankings are strictly someone's opinion. They, I'd much rather, as much as I don't look at the standings that often, except in later in the season, the standings are a much better indicator as to yeah. what the power ranking is. So power, power rankings, rankings, it was that was created for people who wanted to have more say in it than the standings. It's like, clickbait. That's all it is. The, yeah, here's the standings. But I'm going to say that this team that's got the best record in the league is is number two in the power ranking because I think so. Okay, well I don't care. Okay. So we've already spent two two minutes too long talking about the power rankings. I just want to point out that because yeah. of where MLSsoccer.com has them, they are below Nashville, who recently just lost to Inter Miami, easily the worst team in the league. So yeah, don't. 
pay attention to Major League Soccer, Soccer.com's no. power rankings, or no. pretty much any power rankings. They're all no. kind of garbage. They are. Back to Minnesota United beating the Loon, or beating the Dynamo 2-0 in the Dylan Walpers derby, if you want to call it that, if you want to mm-hmm. be part of that fan base that calls it that, which there's a large contingent that does. Um Early goal by Robin Lode kind of set the tone for this one. It was just what the team needed. We talked about it in the pre-match show how they really, because of the way these two teams had been playing this season, Houston just being really bad, especially on the road over the last basically two and a half years for Houston, that the Loons needed to come out attacking and get an early goal just to set the tone, and they did absolutely that. We noticed it right after kickoff, basically right from kickoff. Immediately, they're downfield within the first 20 seconds. They're getting a free kick just outside the penalty box. And then, what, 10 minutes in, or 7, 10, 15 minutes in, the Loons already have a goal. Yeah, the tone was set before uh, Robin Lode's goal um, yeah. just because they immediately were the aggressor. They immediately had possession of the ball. They were uh, working the ball inside instead of always pushing it up the wing. So, yeah, the tone was set very early. And then and then the uh, Robin's goal was, you know, just – kind of a finally a reward finally a reward yeah. for the team uh because so often they've played they've had good first halves and, and they can't they can't get that goal they can't beat the keeper and and uh mostly because they were missing the net but um so yeah that was that was what was fun about that one and at that point i thought okay we're off we're gonna yeah. get that we're gonna get that mythical three goal unicorn to show up here <laughs> well we really almost got three so. goals but I really uh, we did get would. two thanks to Brent Coleman getting his second goal of the year and the Loon's second goal of the game it was a well-executed corner kick uh Brent jumping basically in front of four of the Houston defenders and headed in the goal across goal and it was just a really well executed uh corner kick there by the Loon's Emmanuel Reynoso getting his third primary assist of the year his sixth MLS assist of the year you're such a snob I just, I've talked to you about this off air and I don't understand why MLS is doing the, we're going to count the secondary assists as well. well. It just, it's just to juice the stats. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. You're worried about that? No, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it. The mess we have with VAR and, and the horrible power rankings and you're worried about assists? I'm not, no, I'm not worried. It's just irritating. It's such a clear way to juice the stats. And I get it. You want to make your players look as good as possible, but come on, let's just get with, let's stay with the rest of the world and count primary assists only. There's no reason to count secondary assists as well. well. This is, this is America. We don't stay with the rest of the world. We set the pace. Come on. This is the world sport. We're not leading the way on anything. Come on. Follow the rest of the world. (laughs) So ridiculous. All right. Your thoughts on Coleman's goal, uh, not my stance on assists in this league. You know, <laughs> you know it, it was, you know what, anytime you see a defender come up, uh, you know, Ike Opara was great at that. Uh, Baki Debasi scored two in the playoffs last year. To me, those guys are just a bonus. Um, but the, I think the, the reason why they're so good at it is because most defenders are bigger players. Most of them are taller. Mm-hmm. Brent Coleman's like 6'3 or 6'4". Uh, Boxel's the same size. And so throughout their careers growing up, they were usually the biggest or one of the biggest kids on the team. So they were the ones pushed forward for corner kicks. And those guys got very good at that, you know, more so than some Mm -hmm. of the guys that played forward their whole career. Um, They kind of become specialists. And um, Coleman, yeah, again, in traffic, and he put it in the absolutely perfect spot just out of the keeper's reach. And, 
Yeah, and we've talked about this before, that Brent Coleman has uh, had a little shaky start to the season, but since then has been playing great, now scored two goals in the last, what, three or four matches? Three matches? Four. Uh, two goals, I think, I think four. four. Yeah. Yeah, So, and that's a bonus. He doesn't have to do that to be a, a key to this team. And now when Michael Boxel comes back, you've got a center back that is sitting on the bench that has played very well defensively and has scored a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a good problem to have. How bad should we feel for Brent Coleman? Because he's, since he stepped in basically since pretty much for all the month of July, he stepped in place of the captain, Michael Boxel, and he's played outstanding. And mm-hmm. when Boxy comes back, I would imagine maybe this weekend at the earliest. I mean, mm-hmm. I, from everything that I would have gathered, he probably could have came back last weekend, but because it was Houston, they didn't really want to risk it too much with the amount of tough games they have coming up here. Just give him another week of rest. And because you have Brent Coleman playing so spectacular, you right. can you can hold Boxy back until he's absolutely 100% ready. But how bad should we feel for Brent Coleman? Because he's played magnificently in place of one of the better t- players on this team. And now because uh, Boxy's going to come back, he's going to go right back to the bench. I, I, don't, I don't think Brent would want anybody to feel sorry for him. Right. I think what he would say is, listen, I've done everything I can to show that I'm I'm a player in this league, mm-hmm. um, and he's going to get more opportunities. Um, knock on wood, hopefully nobody gets injured, but injuries yep. will change that. Um, and you got to remember, this is the guy that was the original, the first signing by the Loons. He's a Minnesotan. He wants to be here. And look where he's come from. He came from being loaned out to Wich- Wichita? Tulsa, I think. Tulsa. I think. Some place you don't want to be. <laughs> right, <laughs> and and he went from there uh, and came back and has done what he needs to do. And and for him, if his playing time and it will be reduced, how much we don't know. Uh, once Boxy's back, if nothing else, he's a guy that could move on to another team that needs help defensively because he's El Paso. proved that. Yeah, he's proved that he could play defense. He's proved that he can score some goals. So. Yeah. Um, you know, he's still got some years left in his career, and I think he's in a good place right now. Even if he doesn't start much the rest of this season, they're still going to try and get him in. Because when you've got a guy playing that well, you don't want him to get dusty and just get yeah. him, just take him right out of it. You want to keep him involved. Yeah, and he's got that. He will. He's got that confidence that he can play at yeah. this level, and he's known that for a couple of years now. That he can definitely yep. play at this level, and he's shown spectacularly over the last month, month and a half, that he can. And you don't want to ruin that for him. So. Uh, this is a great problem for the Loons to have is to have oh, yeah. three starting caliber center backs that can go the distance for this team throughout many a games. Um, overall, it was a well-played 90 minutes, as we said, very dominant mm-hmm. win for them. They had a 20-minute spell there at the end of the first half that didn't feel uh, like it was typical Loons play. It felt like the game was getting away from them, and Adrian, he said said so much at the uh, during his halftime interview that he didn't feel like that, that, they, that they played the entire full half, but... Once they came out in the second half, they were back to dominating the rest of the match and basically controlling that game. Houston really never had a shot at this one. They tested Tyler Miller. I think he was forced into two saves all match, which is probably his lowest total all season. Um, but yeah, yeah, very one, dominant win. The one was off his face. Hit the, yeah. cro- hit, the, hit the crossbar, came back, hit him in the head, and went wide of the goal. That you know is what? true. When things, are, when things are going your way, they're going your way. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Uh, Getting to specific player performances, Will mm-hmm. Trap, another good performance, completed about uh, 88% of his passes. 48 passes of his were in the opponent's half that easily led the team, I think, by 10 passes. Uh, had the defensive in- mid. Yeah, he had the initial yeah. shot that bounced off the keeper for Robin to jump on and score the early goal. 
Uh, he's been one of the best players for this team all season so far. Yeah, he's quietly done his job, uh, made very few mistakes. Um, he's in a position where you don't score very often, mm-hmm. and you, you you have to judge a person like that almost by if the defense is doing well, um, he's doing his job at some point because he's so involved as part of that defense outside of the back four and the keeper. He's the next important, most important player. Mm-hmm. And if he's making plays in the, you know, opponent's half, then that means he's covering a lot of ground and he's doing his job on both ends. So that was kind of an unusual game for him from that aspect. But the fact that we don't talk about him, we don't see him getting beat for goals. He just, he's quietly undercover doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I think Ozzy's a great uh, man in that position, but he's not going to log the minutes that Will Trapp has. And not at um, this age, it, no. And it's allowed Ozzy to come off the bench, be fresh, get his nose in there, get a yellow card and do his thing, you know, fire when, things up. And when I was looking at the stats and I noticed that Will Trapp was playing so far forward, I, I had to immediately look at where Hassani Dotson was playing. And you look at his stats and it shows that he was playing the more defensive role and he played it excellently, leading the team in tackles and interceptions on the night. And he was mm-hmm. just behind Roman Metinier with possessions gained. So turning the ball over and getting it back for his team, he was just behind Roman in that department. Hassani Dotson and Will Trapp basically flipped roles on the night and it didn't feel like it was a loss. No, and I don't know. I don't know if that's a strategic thing that that they decide, uh, the coaching staff and Adrian Heath decide before the match, or if it just plays out that way. If if they right. they decide that okay, if this guy is you know, you, sometimes you have to adjust what the other team's doing. And if this guy plays comes plays up high, then I want you to stay back, and you're a better matchup with him. So I don't know, you know, the the inside uh, reasoning for that, but yeah, you're right. It it did work and. We see that Will Trapp can, you know, play, you know, whether he's playing, you know, conservative and playing deep or he's pushing forward. So, yeah, he's he's just we very seldom look at him and think, oh, bad pass. Oh, he gave that one away. Oh, he didn't didn't control the first touch. You know, he's just been solid. Absolutely. A guy who was pretty solid on the night, Emmanuel Reynoso, felt more dangerous than he has in the past mm-hmm. couple of games um, on Saturday. And we looked at it in the post-match show. We looked at his heat map, and it shows that he was staying significantly further upfield than he has in mm-hmm. the past couple matches. He led the team with three shots on target, still needs a better connection with Audrey Nunun. We'll get to him in a second, um, as he only completed two passes to him on the night, according to Opta. But I think overall, the way he played on Saturday, if he continues to do that for the rest of the season, we're going to see the same Emmanuel Reynoso we saw down the stretch of last season because he's staying further forward. He's not tracking so far back to go find the ball. The ball's getting to him. He still had a ton of turnovers, but when he turned it over, it was in the attacking third, so it wasn't in dangerous positions for that Loon's defense to have to scramble. So Emmanuel yeah. Reynoso staying forward. Clearly the message has gotten through from the coaching staff to him, and I like that aspect of this game going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, and doing that against Houston is uh, probably expected. Yeah. Um, now yeah, he's got to be able to do that against a more quality team. You know, and, and that's, that's coming up Saturday. Good, you know, yeah, and that comes up Saturday. So, and you know, I think the difference for him has been that it's just he's got to change. He's got to grow a little bit because last year he came on the scene, nobody really knew what to expect, and before you know it, you know, he had a goal and five, six assists, and it was like everybody's going, "Who is this?" You know, and everybody's <laughs> trying to figure him out. Well, now they've had time and they, they know what his game is and, and um, it's up to him to adjust and to get better. And, you know, he may not be putting up the numbers 
yet this year than he had last year, although he's starting to approach those numbers. He, uh, he's, he, hopefully he's learning from these tough matches, the ones where he just can't get any forward work done. Right. Um, and he'll get better. And I think he will. He's, he's that kind of player. A guy who's not putting up the numbers that we probably would have hoped or expected. Adrian Nunu, he's making some decent runs into dangerous, dangerous areas, but he's still not threatening enough for us and not getting on the score sheet. Six appearances now without a goal. I don't remember the exact minute amount. I think it's over 400 minutes now without a goal for him. Should we be concerned about Adrian Nunu going forward because he's not getting on the goal sheet? He Does he look like he's lacking confidence to you? It just it doesn't seem, as I mentioned, that there's that connection there yet between him and Emmanuel Reynoso. And those guys have played enough games now where there should be that connection at least a little bit better. Um, I'm a little bit concerned, but not too con- not overly concerned yet. I, I wonder. I wonder if he's healthy. I mean he he missed he missed a handful of matches, and you know assuming that for the last two weeks or so he's been training. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just don't know, is he still trying to get his you know game legs back? But his first couple of matches with the team, I agree with you. He did look to be a little more explosive. And that's why I'm wondering if he's not, he's not completely healthy. I don't right. know. And players do struggle when they come over here. Um, In the middle adjust. of the season. Yeah, yeah so it's 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 completely different world. They don't count assists right here, and that throws them <laughs> off their game. And and uh, and you know it's it's completely different. And you know maybe the you know the first couple of matches, the excitement, the uh, the adrenaline was pumping because it was a new challenge for him. And now maybe he's struggling. I don't know. There's so many things mentally, physically that can be wrong with a guy that um, it's hard to say. But I'm with you. You know, I'm I'm disappointed. I thought he would be more of a steady impact player, but yeah. how many times have we said that about somebody? Right. Too many. And I don't want to see him. I want them to give him every opportunity because he's proven, you know, that he can be a goal scorer and has been a goal mm-hmm. scorer. And I don't want all of a sudden we're starting to talk about him like we did so many other strikers that we've brought in here. Right. And then he says, bye-bye, See who's next, you know. Uh, I think, let's let this play out. I think for fans who are getting overly concerned, just look at what Robin Lowe did. He had that half season that he was here, and he didn't look good at all. And he just looked out of place, and it looked like they had, the team had spent a lot of money on kind of a really bad mm-hmm. signing. And then mm-hmm. the second season comes around, and he's fantastic. And now this season, he's been one of the best, if not the best player on the team. Um, so right. if if it takes some time to adjust, that's going to happen. We've seen that numerous times, too many times to count in this league, that guys who come in in the middle of the season have str- have have a struggle adjusting to this league because it is a very different league from across the world because just the t- the travel alone is mm-hmm. the most different thing compared to any other league in this world maybe bar Australia but that's just one that's just one other league that probably has the same travel situation but yeah the travel alone will throw players for a loop and it is a much tougher league than it's given credit for and so that may be something that he's struggling with well as well but yeah. I'm like I said, I'm a little concerned, but not overly concerned. And I just hope that there's not that many fans out there that are getting uh, Robin Lode first season concerned about him. Yeah. And uh, you don't want him to get inside his head and start yeah, doubting absolutely. himself. And then you got to deal with that part of it. And um, yeah, it, it, let's see how he does the rest of the season. We've got half the season to go. That you know, is true. A lot of game, a lot of matches left. And uh, it's, it's too soon to get too concerned. So I'm with right. you. A little concerned. Uh, let's see how he does here in the next week or two. Overall, 
um, over the past four games, if you look at it, there's been a noticeable jump over the last four games for the percentage of shots on target compared to the amount of on target in the previous nine games of this current 13 match streak for Minnesota. So 37% of shots on tar- were on target over the last four games. Um, that includes that Portland match where they had six of 27 shots. Before that, it was 25% in the previous nine. The league average, I believe, is 32%. So Minnesota performing above league average over the last four matches. Is the attack, I know we've talked about this so many times this season, and because of how many shots they have created and how many chances they've they've created, but they've just never put them on target as well as they have over the last four games. Are we seeing that this is going to be the attack going forward? Because now it's four matches in a row where they've scored two, two goals. So, yeah, looking at, looking at the players we're talking about up front. um, Yeah, I think so. You know, I look at chances and shots. The chance to me is everything right up to the shot. Mm -hmm. If you shoot it 12 feet wide, that still was a chance. Every, everybody else did their job to get you that chance, and the player that missed the goal, is that's, that's, a, that's an individual effort to me. So I, I separate those two. I don't – has it gone – oh, yeah, I mean, you could tell it's gone up, and I think that's because players are playing with a little more confidence now the last few weeks. Uh, Jan Grey Goose hasn't been on the field much, and uh, those are the reasons why I think – because he couldn't – did he hit the net once this, this uh, season? Jan Grey Goose, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked at that. I don't I mean, know. I can look it up here. No, I don't. I mean, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic in a way, but I mean, he was he was the most obvious one for a good stretch of the season. He was missing everything. Um, he has even, not put a single shot on target yet. Zero okay, for well, eleven so far. I guess I wasn't being sarcastic. I was being <laughs> truthful. Um, and uh, you know, even even there was a stretch early on when uh, Robin Lude had some problems finding it. So yeah. it was just one of those things in sports that it doesn't really have a reason. Right. Some they're humans and sometimes as a group they just struggle to finish and to put the you know the ball on the net. And and I think we said during that whole stretch where they were struggling is if they keep creating these chances, eventually they're gonna score. And we keep saying that. And when when we said that two months ago, we didn't mean two goals. We meant like, you know, three or something crazy. Right. So so I'm expecting too much when we ask for three. I mean, two goals is pretty good for averaging two goals so. a game. It's a pretty well, good mark. Two goals a game is fine when your defense and your goaltender are playing right. as well as they are. That's gonna that's gonna get you a, a result of most most more than you know most nine right. out of ten nights. So yeah, no, that's a good thing. So, but I'm just it's just purely selfish. Yeah, I, I just I don't blame you. I don't want to call more than two goals. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, other news around the team this week: Brent Coleman and Emmanuel Reynoso made the bench for the team of the week. Congratulations to them. Uh, they announced the team announced the buyout of Ike Opara's contract. So unfortunately, we'll never see him in a Loons jersey again. Uh, I thought he had a great run, one of the best uh, center backs in this league's history. Unfortunately, injuries just hounded him for his career. Do you think he'll play anywhere? Or is he done? I think he's I done. Have, I have no idea. It's hard. My to honest tell opinion because, is he's done. Yeah. I hope he plays just because I love watching him play. He's such a good defender in this league mm-hmm. and just fantastic uh, player for this team when he was here and player for Kansas City when he had his good run. Um, I hope he plays. I know he probably want to play for Charlotte when they come into the league because that's his hometown team. So I hope he plays. I hope he's able to play, but I, I honestly have no idea. Um, the club also announced signing of Honduran center mid slash fullback Joseph Rosales on an 18-month loan. I honestly don't know much about him other than what 
what we've seen on highlight reels on YouTube, and there's not much you can tell from those other than he plays fullback well. He played fullback uh, against the U.S. in the World Cup qualifying, held up well against Minnesota United's own Hassani mm-hmm. Dotson. So, I don't know. Hopefully, he comes through. It, it's exciting that this team is looking at kind of those younger guys to bring in and looking for youth to build up instead of just going after all these uh, – late twenties, mid or early thirties guys. So now they're looking for these younger guys to bring in to have for a couple of years, build them up and then maybe eventually sell them on to Europe for big money. Well, that's, I guess that would be kind of the plan if everything goes great with this kid. So yeah, we don't know much about him and hopefully we get a chance to uh, see him sooner than later, but we know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, there <laughs> was, we'll get, we'll get to the transfer market, uh, the transfer window roundup here in a little bit, but Needless to say, a lot of those guys probably won't see a whole lot of because they're going through visa issues and trying to get trying to secure visas. So who knows how long it'll take? I mean, we saw how long it took for Roman Montaner to get back in the country after he went to get his green card. So um, yeah. now that we're at the half halfway point, Dan, after the Houston win, let's mm-hmm. get to some midseason awards before we get to All our right. next game up. We will skip the big question of no the day. Question? Oh, no big question. Man. We'll replace it with midseason awards. I mean, we're already twenty five like minutes in, so we've only got an hour on this thing. So, all right. What if we agree on all these awards? Well, then it'll be a very quick segment. So, That'll hopefully, we don't. We'll uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, or five, five awards we made okay. up here. Yep. Uh, where do you want to start? Should we go? Let's start defensive player of the half season. I kind of want to start there because I think that that's may, that may be where we differ a little bit. Uh, why don't you start this one? Okay, I'll start this one. To me, this was um, a no-brainer. It was Tyler Miller. Okay. Is, 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 you're okay with a defender being a goaltender, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because we didn't have defense. we didn't have goaltender we didn't have goalkeeper of the year because I mean, right. there's, there's two there's options and there's only one on this team starting yeah. every week. So, um, you know, you can say that he just got the start at the right time, and it was a coincidence that he got his chance to start. You know what? You know, after going 0-4 with Dane St. Clair in goal, I'm not saying it was Dane's fault, but you got to look at it realistically. They went 0-4, and now they've barely dropped a match since then. Yeah. Uh, so 12 out of 13 without a loss? Yeah. Well, that's not just a coincidence. He made a difference in his team. Whether it was all on the court, it was just his confidence, whatever it was, the numbers are pretty clear that – the longer they keep winning with him in goal, it does. It's not a mark against Dane St. Clair, but Dane St. Clair was own four, right? You know? And can you honestly say that this team would be in the exact same place as they are now if Dane had continued to play? I can't say that. I mean, no, you really can't say that. You don't know how the team's confidence was in their goalkeeper, and that right. that can be a whole lot into how they play. And so they're probably a little bit more confident with Tyler Miller just because he's such a veteran, but it'd be hard to say that they didn't have any confidence in Dane going into the season with how he played down the stretch. Right. Um, for me, I actually differed with you here. I, I did include the goalkeepers in this one, but I went with Bakai Debasi. I think okay. because, since he started, and there was a there's a Reddit thread about this in the Minnesota United Reddit thread or subreddit, that since he joined the team, he's lost, this team has lost twice in games he started. And the first one was his first match that he played for us all the way back last year, I think, in Kansas City. And then mm-hmm. the second one was the Western Conference Final because he, I don't remember, I don't think he played the Colorado game they lost recently. But since he's joined the team, they've lost twice in games he started, and they have a significantly worse record when in games he doesn't start or play. So 
Uh, seeing how this team operates with him as that left center back alongside whoever it is, whether it's Michael Boxel or Brent Coleman, they've just played significantly more confident in defense with him there. Michael Boxel's a great defender, so don't please don't take this as me saying that Bakai Debasi's better. It's just he's played all of these games so far. And he's been a part, a significant part of this winning run, this un, this basically unbeaten run that they've had over the last 13 games. You've seen how this defense has played with him there alongside whoever it is, and it's just been magnificent to see another great signing by this by this club to come in. And when he when he was originally came in, everyone's like, okay, what? Who's this guy? Because most of us had never heard of him before, and he's turned out outstanding for this team. He's one of the best center backs. Um, I would venture to say probably up there as one of the more underrated center backs in this league alongside Michael Boxel. And yep. so I'd give my first, my mid season player, defensive player of the half season to Bakai Debasi. Yeah. can't disagree with that. You could make a case, you know, you could make a case for almost anybody defensively for Minnesota, Metonair, Chase Gasper, and just the way he's turned his game around after a really tough start. Um, he yeah. looked terrible first part of the year. He's turned it around already. So yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. All right, so that's one award down. Let's go to best offseason signing, and I think we have, or we have a we have an agreement here. Um, this we're not just looking at signings; we're looking at trades too. So this could be um, Nico Hansen as well. TJ Taylor's up there. You have a bunch anybody of guys up there. New, anybody that's new this season. Yep. Is that but, what you're looking for? Okay. Yep. Adrian Nunu, Franco Fragapani could be any of these guys. But for me, since I let you start last time, I'll go here. Will Trap for me. We talked about him earlier this earlier in the podcast here. He's just been a rock in that midfield. He's come in and started pretty much every single game, and he has been a heck of a find for this team. He had the down year in Miami. I mean, everybody's got had down years in Miami at this point now because of just how that place operates. <laughs> and Will Trapp has been an underrated signing in this league this offseason. I think he's been fantastic for this team, holding up that midfield and being a really good uh, shuttler of the ball, getting the ball from defense up to the offense. And we saw that specifically last week against Houston, but he's just been outstanding for, for me. Um, he's the best offseason transaction. Yeah, I, I picked Will Trapp as well. I agree with you 100% on that. I did put an asterisk by Hassani Dotson because you had transfer or signing. They signed him to an extension. Fair enough. And <laughs> so I put that on there because I think that was a huge signing. A uh, young player with his talent to get him locked in was, I think, a very important move, and I think that's going to pay off for this club in the long run. So, um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Will Trap though, has been a great pickup. Payoff, not just in terms of him playing and playing well for this club, but also paying off when eventually he moves on to Europe because I think we've talked about it before. I know Cal and I have definitely talked about it. He's definitely a guy that we see moving on eventually to Europe just because of how he plays, how well he plays, yep. and how well this league is starting to be scouted by Europe that – He's probably one of those guys that will go at some point and getting him on a de- a, a long-term deal now mm-hmm. ups that value for him. So, sure. yeah, yep. Sonny Dotson could be up there if you wanted to look at it. Best offseason signing that way. Uh, let's go to MVP before we get to some of the more other or some of the other awards here. MVP for the season. I'll let you start here. I think we agree on this one. Yeah. Say it on three. One, two, three. Robin, Robin Lode. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I figured that. Yep. He's just he, – this started last season. Once he got comfortable, as you talked about earlier, um, he has just become – you know, and it, for a while there I thought too, man, this guy's just kind of – he's kind of a flatliner. There's not a lot – there's yeah. not a lot going on there. And, and all of a sudden he got his confidence. And now the way he plays, you realize that he just knows when to exert effort. He knows when to back off. 
Mm-hmm. And now he's got this uh, this bow and arrow, this archery goal celebration, and it just is. Um, I love it. It's yeah. it's so much fun. Uh, yeah, my my opinion on him has tra- changed. You know, complete three sixty in the last you know two years. So, yeah, uh, Robin Lud for me, absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent. There, he's just outstanding, just week in and week out for this club. He's just one of the best players, if not the best player on the pitch. Everyone will say Emmanuel Reynoso's got to be this guy because he's just the big signing. He's the guy who has to be it. But if you actually watch this team and watch them play and how they operate in the attack, yes, Emmanuel Reynoso does key where that attack goes, but a lot of that attack ends up going to Robin Lode, who's just so dangerous when he gets into the box. He just so he just knows where all the spaces will be and just can find a perfect space. And him and him and Emmanuel Reynoso have a really good connection going. And you've seen that over the past couple of games, how if things aren't working with Adrian Anu or whoever they set up as the striker up top, Adrian Heat's not afraid to switch it and go back to that false nine that got them to the Western Conference Finals because he mm-hmm. knows he can trust it and he knows it'll work. And Robin Lode's able to just drop drop deep, drop wherever he needs to go across the field to get into space, and he just knows how to get a shot on goal. And I love that he's just come on and become one of these one of the best players for this team after he had that rough start uh, in 2018, at, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just turned around to become a really good player. Yep. I don't I don't know where this club would be without him. I think we'd be in a pretty sad situation right now. Absolutely. Uh moving on from MVP, best goal of the half season. Uh I let you start last time, so I'll start this time. It wasn't the prettiest for me, but the goal that I choose that I chose here exemplifies everything this team has become. It's Robin Lloyd's goal against Seattle a couple weeks ago. Um it just it's like I said, it exemplifies what this team has become over the last couple of years. They're fighting to w- get the win the ball back immediately once they lose it. They get it forward extremely quickly, and Robin Lode find, finds some space on the back post for an easy tap in. Uh, it for me, it may not be the prettiest, but it's the best goal in showing how this team plays and and showing what this team is at this point in their MLS tenure. So Robin Lode's goal, Robin Lode's goal against Seattle is the best goal of the half season for me. You that's that's a, that's a really difficult question. And the more I went back and started watching goals, the more difficult it became. Right. And goals are big for different reasons. Um, they can be because it's a game winner. They can be because it, you know, just comes at the most opportune time. It's at the end of, uh, it's the end of stoppage time. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. I was I was searching around for that and and uh, you know the best performance match of the year and. I ended up kind of changing my mind several times and I ended up with um, the game at Portland at the end of June. I think it was Minnesota won one nil mm-hmm. and uh, Adriana new scored a goal that it wasn't a spectacular shot. It wasn't, it, but if you go back and watch that, I got to believe about six guys touched the ball in a short amount of time. It was quick, short passes Mm-hmm. And ended up with uh, Reynoso touching a through ball perfectly to Anu, and he put it away. And when I watched that goal, I completely scratched off the one I had. And I went back and I said, <laughs> no, that's the one, because that is exactly what this team is doing. That's what we thought we were going to get between Reynoso and Adrian Anu. And I changed that one. because, And it was a game winner. It was it held up the whole match. I think it was in the second minute. Yeah, it was the second it was minute, early. yeah. Super so, early goal. And it was just super impressive. And though I'd love to watch those kind of goals, you know, yeah. and, and that was my favorite. Yeah, I that was up there for me just because of what it meant at the time and like mm-hmm. going into Portland. 
and getting that huge win and going in there in the second minute, especially on the side of the field that they were in, they were scoring on Portland's, their supporter section and just yep. getting that and then holding on to it. It felt like it was a very good goal from that standpoint. That's, um, that's so the type have, of goal you show, you show kids and say, here's yeah. how you, here's how you do one touch, you know, yeah. short space, you know, this is how you done it. So yeah, it was, it was a beautiful goal. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the next award. I think this is the last award that I chose here. Best yeah. team performance. I'll let you start here because I have a couple here and I'm still trying to decide which one I want to okay, go with. Well, so I'll let you start. I ended up, that's what I picked as my best team performance was that one nil win on the road in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, their first win there at the end of June and it kind of helped them get things, you know, pointed or continuing in the right direction. And I wasn't planning on picking that goal, but then I watched it several times and changed my mind. So I just I think that win at Portland one nil uh, with the goal in the second minute was was amazing. It was incredible. So I picked yeah. that before I picked the goal as my favorite. So that's the one I'm going with. I had so I had two options here, and I'm still trying to figure out which one I like the most. It's either of their two most recent wins, and that would include the other Portland win, the one that happened four weeks ago. Uh, I chose that one here mm-hmm. because they went down early, but then they spent the rest of the match basically bossing the game, piling on pressure. So one, that's the game they had 27 shots um, in that one, um, and then eventually just forcing in two goals for the win. Exact exactly how this team plays, they will pile on the pressure, and then they'll just eventually force their way to either a draw or a win. They're not going to, they're going to fight their way to not lose. Um, yeah. You can't really say that about, about a whole bunch of teams in this league. Um, and then the other option I had was Houston um, just in control throughout the entire match, utterly dominant win. As we said earlier, I think I'm going to go the Portland win just because it was against a team. That's actually really good in the West that you're ba- that you're going to battle against for playoff positioning. Right. The Houston game. You expected them to do that. Uh, the Portland game. You didn't really expect them to go in and control that game, and they absolutely did, other than the first, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota just, I think I'm going to go with the other Portland win. So yeah. both Portland wins for us are the the choices here for best And I'm always going to pick a, a match in which you play a very good team. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, those are the big efforts, and those are the ones I think the team looks back on and is the most pride in when you beat Seattle, when you beat Portland, you know, when you win, and you, you beat, if you beat Sporting KC, anything that's, you know, against a top team, team above you, those are the bigger wins. So, yeah, there's a lot of them we could have picked in there, though. Absolutely. Good. So that's our midseason awards. Um, congratulations to everyone who won there. You'll, you'll get your awards in the mail. Yeah, go wait by the mailbox. <laughs> Uh, next up for Minnesota, coming up this Saturday, they will host the LA Galaxy. I don't know if Chicharito is playing or not because he's been injured for the past couple weeks. We will see um, that game. Uh, let me pull up my stat sheet here. 4.30 pre-match, 5 p.m. kickoff on Score North on AM 1500, Score North mobile app, live.scorenorth.com. Uh, let's see here where, because I know we take power rankings with so much uh, <laughs> credit around here. Uh MLSsoccer.com has them has the Galaxy up to sixth place after a one-one draw against Vancouver. What do we expect against the Galaxy on Saturday? Um, yeah, why'd you bring a power rankings? Now you got me all. Angry. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what to I expect. Your dog. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect out of them. I think that they're a good team. I just don't know how good they are, and this is yeah. this is going to be one of those really good tests for Minnesota. Absolutely. This is a test. This is a team above you in the standings and the power rankings. And, and it's a good test for them. If you can, uh, you can take care of them 
and get three points away from them at home, that's a big win. So I just look at this as a huge test for to find out what L.A. is all about and how good they really are and if Minnesota is ready to say we belong in that that group at the top of the West. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to continue climbing the Western Conference standing, this is one of the team – one of the teams that's in your way. They currently sit third in the Western Conference and they will need to beat this they will need to beat this LA Galaxy team to continue on and hopefully get a win and continue on climbing up the Western Conference standings to hopefully get a home playoff game. Um but yeah, this is gonna be a huge test. Um and this LA Galaxy side actually transitions us perfectly into around the league as we'll take a quick look across the league at some of the other news and notes from around the league. And this is a big week in MLS as the transfer window closed. Um, it's only transfer window for MLS teams bringing players in. Players can still leave because mm-hmm. other uh, countries' windows are still open. So there may still be some players outgoing. But LA Galaxy signed Serbian forward Dejan Jovelic um, from Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Most recently, he spent time on loan at Wolfsburger in the Austrian Bundesliga, where he racked up 20 goals and five assists and 46 appearances. The 21-year-old will uh, occupy an under-22 initiative spot. Um, from everything I've read and seen, he's a dangerous attacking talent to pair alongside Chicharito, who's typically been better up top when he's had another forward alongside of him. So this is a smart signing by LA Galaxy, who've only made a bunch of smart signings in the offseason, including their head coach, Greg Vanny, who's had them firing um, all season. And I know we we criticized them earlier because earlier in the season because they were only beating bad teams, and now they're starting to beat good teams. You saw how they dominated Portland 4-1. And so this is a very dangerous game, and Minnesota will have another very dangerous attacking talent to defend against come on coming Saturday. Do we know that uh, he'll be there or Chicharito will be back? We just Do, do we even know what's wrong with Chicharito? I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I did all my notes last night, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but it's the LA Galaxy, so he his paperwork is definitely done compared to the rest of the league because LA Galaxy <sighs> gets special rules, I guess. Um, so I, I'd imagine we'll see Jovelic. I don't know. I haven't heard right. anything otherwise. So well, um, I, I gotta tell you, I don't. There's just there's our defense has risen to the occasion. Yeah. No matter who we're playing, that has um, very talented forwards with scoring ability. Um, I just I think that. If there's damage done by either one of those two, I think it'll be minimal. I think the, that this team is that confident right now defensively. Absolutely. Moving through quickly because we're running behind in the rundown here. Gianluca Busio, 19 years old, officially sealed his transfer to Venezia of Syria A. Listed as a club record deal, but no numbers officially given. If you're reading reports, um, reports say in excess of $10 million with a sell-on clause. That's a heck of a deal by Peter Vermees in Sporting Kansas City to get over $10 million for the 19-year-old uh, young American who had, uh, who had who made his first appearances for the U.S. in the Gold Cup. So good job, LA, or good job SKC, getting an, a bucket of change for him. Yeah, yeah, nice for them. That's kind of what every team's hope and dream is, is you get that young talent. I mean, and I don't think anybody expects it to happen at 19. Nope. You know? I think he's – didn't he make the roster at 16? Yeah, he was starting Played games his, for them in, when he was 17. Yeah. 17, yeah. Signed at 16, started playing at 17. So those guys are those guys are hard to find, and every club is, you know, hoping to stumble across, across one of those kids. Yeah. And that's, couple that's a other, big deal. 
couple other clubs moving guys on for big money. Canadian Gold Cup star Tejan Buchanan has been sold by New England Revolution to Club Bruges in Belgium for around $7 million. He'll be loaned back for the remainder of the season, so New England Revolution won't be losing one of their key guys quite yet uh, as they currently sit first place in the actual standings in the Supporters' Shield. So um, good things for them. Colorado Rapids left back Sam Vines secured a $2 million move to Royal Antwerp in Belgium. A boost for Colorado as they now have proof to show aspiring youth that they can actually develop guys and move them on to Europe. So that's a good sign for them. The biggest move of the weekend, though, Portland trading Jeremy Ibobisi to San Jose for $1.167 million in Garber Bucks, as I like to call them, just GAM. Uh, for those in the know. Portland never seemed to trust him, though, for some reason as the number nine, even though that's where he plays far better. They always played him as a wide player. So oh, there's the kid um, who's definitely awake now and giving his opinion on Jeremy. My dog, my dog and your kid. <laughs> <laughs> we made it 40 minutes before my kid started piping up. Um, I just put my dog in the basement. Can't you do that? I'm already in the basement. <laughs> I can set him outside. <laughs> I don't know if the neighbors will like that go, too much. Go chase a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> he'll crawl after him. Uh, he'll play up top and provide a dangerous option in the air for San Jose, who mm-hmm. are the side that leads the league most in crosses. But it's definitely a, it's a great move for all three parts. San Jose gets the number nine that they've desperately needed. Jeremy Ibobisi gets to play as the number nine where he's much better. And then Portland got a ton of money in GAM, and they got some money off the salary cap for them. And I know they're probably in a salary crunch, crunch with all the veterans they have. So probably, good move on yeah. all three parts. Yeah, no, I think so. It was good stuff, so... We just, uh, there wasn't as much activity as we thought there might be at the uh, when the window closed, but you know what? We're ready to go. Minnesota's in good shape, I think, for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Moving through some of the results, Portland hold on for a 3-2 win over RSL. San Jose beat a really disorganized LAFC side 2-1, and then LA Galaxy and Vancouver fight out to a 1-1 draw. No late questionable penalty this time for Vancouver to take advantage of. So that all means Minnesota United climb up to fifth in the West and now sit just two points behind Colorado for fourth place in the Western Conference standings. Uh, Good times for Minnesota as they've, you know, we've talked about it plenty of times, uh, one loss over their last 13 matches, and that's coincided with a bunch of teams just kind of eating each other Mm -hmm. alive here in the Western Conference. We talked about those, those ties and how sometimes they feel like losses and they're so awful. And, and my theory always is, you know, a tie, especially on the road, is a point that you got that maybe you don't expect to get. And if you continue to win or get results, you forget about that. And we have. We've forgotten about that the 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 penalty kick that turned into a draw that should have been a win because you've added points consistently since then yeah. and you're able to move on and, and keep moving up in the standings. Not as fast as it we would have liked, but um, you know, you you forget about that and you move on and and hope to continue this nice run that they're on. Absolutely. Should we get to write that down? Since Let's write stuff we down. We both have outside influences that are hurrying us through this show. Uh, write that down is our weekly segment, if you don't know, where we make three soccer-related predictions. At least one Minnesota United-related prediction of those three. We'll keep track of the correct predictions. We'll call them goals throughout the year, and most goals at the end of the season. Wins the very coveted golden boot. Time for an accountability session first, though, Dan. A lot coming oh, off the board this man. week. Myself... I said there will be at least uh, one more player addition to the squad before the season is done. I said that a while back. Um, I figured it'd be a trade, but I didn't. I didn't expect it to be a signing. So I'll take it. I'll take a goal there. That was kind of sneaking in at the last second, wasn't it? 
Yeah, kind of. It was very yeah, much got so. one. Got one on the way out. The other one is the window was closing. You snuck one right through there at the very end. So I was very nervous that it wouldn't happen. Sorry. If you're, yeah. if you're watching the YouTube feed, you now see my kid. So say hello. No hey, buddy. There. What's going on? <laughs> Just, wow, right. what the heck? Moving on. You had a couple things come off the board. Mm-hmm. You said Houston will lose to Austin on Wednesday. They did. They tried their hardest to get back into it, but mm-hmm. Austin eventually held on for the win there. Uh, you said Minnesota United will score three or more goals against Houston. They only got two. And then you said Brazil will beat Spain with a clean sheet or Spain will win with a with a clean sheet. I, I don't remember. You said Spain will beat you said Brazil will beat Spain or Spain Brazil will win with a clean Spain sheet. with a clean sheet or if Spain were to win it would be in a shootout. So yes, I was one. all around I was all around that one. <laughs> yeah, cuz Brazil won but yeah. Spain did score. So um right. and then Andy Greeter, we had something come off for the guests. He said Minnesota will trade Tyler Miller by the end of the year. Trade and transaction window is closed so that can't happen anymore. So that comes off the board. All so right. taking a qu- Oh, we also have a questionable one here cuz I didn't know how to how to rate this one, Dan. You're going to have to help me out here. All right. And I told you about this one before we started our broadcast. Sim Game Shane over on Twitter tweeted at me saying, write this down and timestamp it before the match starts. He said the Loons will win tonight by their largest margin of the season so far. Technically, they did. But I don't know how to read it as he's saying that they're going to set a new mark for their largest margin or it's going to just be the largest margin. Because it is the largest margin. It's tied for it, but it's not... The only. Oh, I see what you're point. saying. No, I think that, in, I think if that equals their largest margin of victory, which it did, I, I'd have to give it to them. Okay. So we'll yeah. give it to them. So these, yeah, no, I would. These standings aren't completely accurate because the listeners finally have one on the board. Congratulations, Shane. You got us, you got the listeners on the board. Um, so I have eight goals. You have 13 goals. The guests have two goals and the listeners now have one goal. But if you're counting here, Dan, you mm-hmm. have you have that five goal lead. Congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. But you only have four predictions left on the board that still have to come true. I have twelve yeah. still on the board that could come I true. Know. We're gonna change that this week. Oh? Now I'm gonna push some stuff out this week. I realize looking at that that at the end of the year you could just blow right by me. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Jonathan Harrison game and push some stuff out. So Okay. All right. Well let's get into it. I'll let you start. What's All your right. first write that down for the week? MNUFC Saturday against LA Galaxy. Emmanuel Reynoso will score one goal and he will get an assist. Oh. So I'm predicting, and it's not one of your crazy global assists. It's an MLS assist. Ah, come on. So I think he's going to have a big match against the Galaxy. And I think, well, that means I think they'll score two. But that would be enough for me to be correct. So write that down. Reynoso, big match against the Galaxy. I have one that can be questionable, and you can veto it if you want, because we don't know whether he's playing or not. I'm going to say Chicharito will not score a goal on Saturday, because it's question. He's. I looked at the player availability right. report on MLSsoccer.com. It says he's questionable. Okay, so, so he could play, and all reports say he's getting closer to playing. Okay, if he plays, then you get a point. But if he doesn't play at all, uh, then you lose a point. Well, then I just don't get one. That's fine. No, you lose one. No, 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 no. I'm not taking that. I'm not not going to go down to seven goals. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. So if he plays, then this will count. But if he doesn't play, then we... a late sub. If he touches the turf, it's good for you. But it doesn't matter how much he plays. But if he doesn't play, then we can't count it. Then then it never happened. 
I'll take that. All Write right. that one down in pencil. Write that one down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're not etching that one in stone. All right. All right. MLS. Colorado will not be in the top five at the end of the season in the Western Conference. Ooh. I don't You're thinking think a collapse by them? I don't think they're that good. That's fine. Nope. I mean, they don't have a true number nine, and that came nah. to bite them against Sporting yeah. Kansas City. At no, the I, and and I, I thought of that as soon as I saw how high they were, that they were fifth in the power rankings of the MLS. I said, come on. They're not good. <laughs> I said to myself, I don't know if they're top five in the West. And then I thought, wait, there's my write that down. So there you go. Yeah, Colorado at the end of the year will not be in the top five in the West. Write that down. I have a couple. Now the rest of mine aren't MLS related. Okay. Because we're getting Premier League. We're getting La Liga. We're getting Bundesliga all coming back this weekend. And I'm so excited for basically you can wake up from 630 in the morning and go till 1130 at night and watch soccer all day if you want to without leaving your couch at all. Um, So I have a three-game parlay here. Friday, we have all these leagues playing their opening matches. And my three-game parlay is Arsenal will beat Brentford. Getafe will beat Valencia, and Bayern Munich will beat Borussia Mönchengladbach. Only, I believe, two of those are really the favorites, as Valencia, I would assume, are the favorites in that one, but I have them losing. So. Okay. And that, that means that all three of those games have results instead of just draws. So Okay, write that down. Write that down. All right. Your third one? Another one for the end of the season. The Golden Boot. I believe you predicted that Chicharito would win the Golden Boot. And you, you predicted that he wouldn't be. Right. So I'm going to double down on that, Ooh. see if I can get another point out of that. And okay. I'm going to say that New England's Gustavo Bo will win the Golden Boot. Okay. Oops. So that back. way, if he does win it, then I get two points. Yeah. Because but I'll get Chicharito one for Chicharito win not winning it. Yeah. So there you go. See, I'm piling up some points here at there the end of the year. You're there trying you to get the two for one there. I like That's it. That's right. All right. My final one and the final one, final write that down of the week. Uh, Manchester United related because I have to do that. Manchester United will beat Leeds. This is a parlay. And Jaden Sancho will make his debut for United and he either scores a goal or registers a true assist because they don't count secondary assists over there. It'll just be an assist. So he'll either score a goal or register an assist as he makes his debut in a Manchester United win. Right. Okay. That That'll be down. fun to watch. I'm excited. 6.30 a.m. on Saturday. Starting Saturday off right. And then we got national TV, Minnesota United, LA Galaxy shortly after that. Should be a fun Saturday. Uh, A a note before we wrap things up here on Loon Talk. Because of the game on Tuesday against San Jose, we will not record on Monday. We'll record an episode on Wednesday night. So Loon Talk next week will be a little bit delayed. Also, we will not record Loon Calls after the next two games because... I have family coming on Saturday to the game, and so I will want to get down to the brew hall shortly after the match ends, after our post-match show ends. I, and so I, we will not be recording a loom call, and then the San Jose match starts at 9.30 p.m., will end at 11.30 p.m. We both have work in the morning, and <laughs> yeah. both of us have somewhat kind of small or longer drives, so we will not be recording a loom call after San Jose matches. So the next time you will hear us is either on the broadcast, if you want to listen on Saturday, to Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, or live.scorenorth.com, or you will tune into us next Wednesday night. That is Wednesday. the schedule for us over the next week. Dan, good stuff. Sounds today. good. Yeah. We Sounds will. Good. We will talk to you on Saturday for the broadcast and then next Wednesday for Loon Talk, Dan. Should be good. Let's uh, let's hope that this team continues on this nice roll they're on. And, uh, and how did you get such a cute kid? Man, that's uh, a fluke. It's, it's my wife because we've had yeah. two of them now. So I clearly. give her all the credit because clearly not this month. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, good job. All right. Thanks.
Officer. You have a good one, and we will talk to you later. Hi, this is Daniel Roo of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't flu. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if the CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.